Bubblicious episode of Legally Judgy. I'm Alexa. And I am Nicole. I get, I, I'm realizing I look forward to the way that you introduce yourself. Because for a while we were a little monotone, but now we're changing it up a lot. I like to keep you on your toes. I do. I'm on my tippy toes, just like a pretty ballerina. Um, speaking of pretty ballerinas. You are not coordinated, but I'm going to let you finish first. We'll I'm come back to that. I'm extremely clumsy, actually. <laughs> um, I should definitely not be a ballerina. Uh, like one of your knees is barely functional. The left for some time since I was eight years old. But if you want to hear more about that, sign Patreon. up for our Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> Shameless plugs. I'm waiting for the reviews in Apple to be like, they plug their Patreon way too much. And I want to reply and be like, girl, because we're trying to make this our full-time job. We have please bills help. To pay. Yeah, please help. We this, have bills to pay in student loans. This legal pay. education Actually, not just bills. ain't free. No, okay. It was not. Um, bulletin board, though. Yeah. Please go. I miss you doing the bulletin. Uh, okay. Patreon. Wasn't okay. expecting that. Okay. okay. I can take it if that's too no, much it's pressure. <laughs> I just thought you were always excited about it. All right, it. welcome back to our bulletin board. Oh, shit. That we, was way too much. Sorry. We've got an announcement for today. <laughs> a surprise. We've got Patreon. Oh, my God. What's that? I know, right? If you haven't heard about Patreon. I never have. It is a website where you can get access to our uncut episodes. On the World Wide Web? Yep, on the World Wide Web. Great. Al Gore's web. What? <laughs> if you want to hear about our personal lives, which are often quite entertaining. And debaucherous. You can hear the uncut episodes. You can access some community hub things, um, behind the scenes footage, polls, blah, 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 blah. We do some mini-sodes too. The mini-sodes are actually a lot of fun. They're probably my favorite. Yeah. Um, They're very exciting. They're just random and hilarious. I like that we surprise each other with them too. Yeah. Well, let me tell the people what the mini-sodes are. Yeah. The mini-sodes are a little short, you know, just like little, little, like a little shot basically mm. of a legal issue with a lot of hilarity to it. And mm-hmm, so mm-hmm, you're missing mm-hmm. out basically if you're not on Patreon. So go sign up. Mm-hmm. We've got all the goods there for you. And you want our goodies, don't Mic you? Mic drop, yeah. Goodies. Yep. Goodies. Come on. I, I you want to take it. I'm you want to take the bait. Uh, you want to sing. It's not a great singing song. It's not a great singing song. No, it's not. If Sierra could do it, you could do it. Oh, does she sing? That's what I'm saying. You could do it if Sierra <laughs> can do it. Come well, on. I'm a better singer than her. All right. Do you want to sing your goodies? <laughs> no. All right. You don't want to sing about your goodies. Producer Marge is like, no, that's where I draw the line. I'm going <laughs> to, I'm piecing out. All right. Fine then. Um, on to patrons. On to the patron only content. Yes. Which you want to sign up for right now. All right, patrons. Speaking thanks for of with men. Us. And speaking of men. Who are powerful and trash. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm going to get it right in there. All right. Well, Chris I wonder Brown. what we were talking about <laughs> just now. <laughs> um, Chris Brown, you're right. Chris Brown has had his fair share of legal issues. Yeah. Am I right? Yeah. And not the ones that we typically cover either. It's not just like. Not, the, not for the faint of heart. Right. Because we always, we like to say that if you get to a certain amount of wealth in life, you probably have seen your fair share of You're gonna lawsuits. You're going to get sued. People want your monies. But with Chris Brown, these are not the types of lawsuits we are t- usually talking about when we refer to wealthy people having lawsuits. Typically, we're talking about con- contract disputes mm-hmm. and that stuff. Mm-hmm. But let's find out. What are we talking about with Chris Brown, right? Well, I feel like we should start with like a trigger warning on a lot of levels Mm -hmm, because mm -hmm, we obviously mm -hmm. talk about some assault allegations, even the most recent legal issue that we will dive into was a little graphic and gory. So it's a little rough. Just FYI, this is going to be a bumpy road. It's going to be violence, violence against women, um, a violent dog attack. Violence we're not going to get men too. We're not going to get into too much detail. Um, yes, I was sorry. I was going through the timeline because we got 
you know, Rihanna, which most people probably know know. about. Yep. Yep. But violence against men. Yeah. There's a lot of, a bit of homophobia, I'll even say. Um, but you know, that being said, we also have to do our duty and break down the legal issues with Mm -hmm. very important things like this. Yep. So with that, should we get into the beginnings? Let's do it. Baby Chris Brown. Let's do it. All right. You want me to no i'll do it you want it since you're my i can do it it's fine you're my bulletin and my intro girl so christopher maurice brown aka chris brown was born on may 5th 1989 so also an 89 baby like me and grew up in small town in virginia he came from quite modest means his mother was a former daycare center director and his father was a corrections officer at a local prison growing up it he said that he listened to his parents like soul albums and taught himself to sing and dance and michael jackson became one of his greatest influences aspirations goals etc makes sense and so because of all this he began performing in his church's choir in several local talent shows and it all kind of like culminated in this time at some point in his life at 13 i don't know that's a lot of years a lot of of work It's a lot of years. At 13, I was playing like Pokemon video games, but okay. At 13. I don't know what guys went at 13. Nothing. It doesn't matter. So when he was 13, he was discovered by Hit Mission Records, a local production team in Virginia that just so happened to stop in at the gas station where Chris's father worked and then basically saw Chris's talent. Like, and they was got he singing there? Maybe he was selling demos at the gas station. Yeah. I don't think that they do in gas station performances I and just, or entertainment. This one got me. I, I struggled. I, I went down a rabbit hole and I was trying to figure out. This would be where you get hung up. Shouldn't he be in school? Unless That's what I'm saying. Maybe they, the were, maybe they were selling demos. Maybe it was over the summer. Maybe he was hanging out with his dad. Okay, fine. Whatever happened. All right, let's keep going. So Hit Mission eventually gets him voice coaching and helps him to arrange a demo package under the name of C. Sizzle. <laughs> Love that. And we could have we could have had C. Sizzle right now instead of Chris Brown. We could have. We lost that I a lot. I feel like if he was C. Sizzle, he would not be here. Would have been a different path. Yeah. Clearly. So he ends up moving to New York City and auditioned for a senior executive at Def Jam Records, whose name was Tina Davis, who basically tried to sign Chris that same day. He refuses a proposal and ends up actually negotiating for months, but never closes. What was he demanding, do you think? Green M&Ms only. (laughs) Forever. And we've seen some absurd requests working in the types of, you know, in the field that we do, right? Yes, we have. We work with high-level talent, even, to be honest, low-level talent who think they're high-level talent who make these crazy demands. That's shady, but it's true. It is shady, but I'm not naming names, although I have them in my head. Yep. And I'm just wondering, not that he should have taken the deal, Mm -hmm. you know. I'm just saying I'm so desperate. I probably would have taken the deal. I wonder. I just wish I could know what he was refusing. That's Who's all. the celebrity who asks for new toilet seats everywhere they go? Is that Janet Jackson? It's oh one of the God. women. Or I it's never Mariah. heard this. I never heard this. One this of the is... big women asked for new. Oh, it's Mary J. Blige. Everywhere she goes, she asks for a new toilet seat. Really? Which is like, actually, we not think a bad call. Is a Lysol wipe not enough? I don't think so. Look, it wipes if it's away. Like in a concert venue. 99.9% of germs. That's okay. what they say. 99.9. Well, maybe Chris was asking for just new bathrooms. 100%. He wants 100% no germs. Yeah. Lysol ain't good enough. Get the fuck out. Okay. Okay. All right. Sorry you feel so strongly about Lysol. All right. So shortly after, Tina, the exec from Def Jam, um, ends up losing her job at Def Jam. And after, and this basically happened after a corporate merger. And so Chris ends up asking her to be his manager. So clearly, like, he, he must out. have had some faith in her from whatever yeah. their negotiations were. Yeah. And so she ends up shopping him around to other labels and eventually they land on doing a deal with jive records in 2004 
And this was basically because of their success with other young artists like Britney and Justin. Fun fact, Chris initially intended to sing and rap on his records, but Jive told him that it wasn't yet acceptable for an R&B singer to rap on their records. Yep. Oops. I feel like a lot of people have done that, though. Rap. I mean, since then, maybe? Has Justin Timberlake... Justin. Has he tried he to hasn't rap? He rapped, I don't believe. Has he tried to rap? Why does that seem like something he would do, though? Doesn't it? Because he wants to be black, but I don't think he's right? rapped. You get, you get why I think that he's tried to. Why are you hitting your microphone? Sorry. I don't it's think okay. that he's rapped. Okay. I no, you're right. You're right. He probably hasn't, but I wouldn't put it past him. Remember when he did the beatbox in that one song? Oh, that's that might be what I was thinking. Pop. Was it pop? Dirty pop? Yeah. And he was like, mm, blah, yeah. Blah, blah, blah. And it was <laughs> exactly like weird. And you're like, that's not really Joey Fatone. <laughs> okay. Remember that? Okay. Remember the behind the scenes? Remember VH1 though back in the day? Yeah. When they would do the behind the scenes music videos? Thousand percent. Watched it all. And then and then it came out that Jay, Joey Fatone from NSYNC broke his leg. So then they put in the choreographer instead yeah. of him. Yeah. I felt as a kid that I Dirty just pop. knew all the secrets of the world. Like, I might as well have been an Illuminati. And I was like, wow. So you're like a conspiracy this theorist. Is, this is the secret to the universe. I yeah. felt so cool. I love behind the scenes shit, which is why you should sign up for our Patreon because we got a lot of behind the scenes oh, wow. stuff. Okay. Seamless. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So let's just do a little refresher. So this woman, Tina, gets him signed at Jive Records because they had worked with, you know, the likes of Britney and Justin. And so it's really smooth sailing from there for his music career. And I want to say music specifically because there was not a lot of smooth sailing. Correct. But he releases his first album in 2005. It reportedly took less than eight weeks to produce, which is like nothing. It's very fast. Nothing. I got a fun fact for you. Go. He apparently recorded 50 songs over this period. 50. With 14 making it onto the album. And he co-wrote half of them. That was a great album. He has. That's the problem. That's that's the the tug and pull of all this, right? He clearly does have musical talent. Yeah. I mean, he can sing, he can dance, all that. Personally, not there. A lot of room for growth. I'll say that in the most <laughs> a lot positive. A of room for inv- improvement. Yeah. Well, so the album ends up debuting at number two on the Billboard 200 and sold six million copies worldwide. And he's since made eight other albums for a total of nine altogether and is now working on his 10th studio album. He said that this new one is going to, in quotes, talk to women's souls, which literally makes me want to vomit. I love, can I just stop you real quick? Yeah. I love when men like this say that, and I'm thinking, you're not thinking of women like me, are you? <laughs> I was just listening to, I was at the gym and I was listening to Lil Wayne's, um, I Could F Every Woman in the World. Great song. Or whatever, you know, it's a, it's, it's Great catchy song. AF, but I I'm like thinking, long head. Yep. oh yeah, mm-hmm. we're not going to, it's inappropriate. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's going to be X-rated here if we have to sing the rest of those and lyrics. But it's already X-rated on this that's podcast. True. That's but true. But I always think like, mm, no, I think you and I would probably just like play golf together. I don't really see that for us, you know? In fairness, he says, I wish I could fuck every girl in the world. It's true. So he's just hoping. He's, just, he's not saying hey, affirmatively you know that I could. You're right, girl. If, if he <laughs> no. wants to, I'll be like, I appreciate it, bro. But that's just <laughs> but not no. the situation here. We good. You could buy me a drink, though. I'll take that. All right. You. He could buy you anything and you yeah. would take that? I mean, yes. Yeah, I okay. can be bought. Okay. So on top of music, Chris goes on to act in some shows like One on One and The O.C., which neither of which I watched. And then movies, Stomp the Yard, and This Christmas, both of which I've watched. Oh, okay. This Christmas is a foster family favorite. Producer Marge's Hang oh, on a mistletoe. All right, then. I'm going to get Brown Jr. right know. here, apparently. Get the remix. Less problematic. Get the remix, people. 
Are you going to open up like a SoundCloud? Are you going to start pitching like a SoundCloud? You're going to be like, you're <laughs> the problematic remixes? Less so. problematic. That should be the name of your album, Less Problematic. Yeah, fair. Okay, so this is the last thing I'm going to say. Overall, Chris's career has been a commercial success. I mean, he sold almost 200 million albums worldwide, making him one of the best-selling artists in the world. He's obviously won many like awards as far as Grammys, BET, Bill- Billboard Awards, etc., and some even refer to him as the king of R&B, often comparing him to the Michael Jackson. That's, that might be a little far, but yeah, they definitely do, though. They do, though. They I do. mean, he's he's a really good singer and dancer. He can. He can. He just, I think when you like really put him to the task, he can handle it. Do I think that he can sing at MJ's level? Maybe not, but he's yeah. very close. Yeah. Yep. Okay. All right. But as we all know, despite his success, Chris has had his fair share of legal issues. And like we said at the intro, not the ones we typically are talking about on this show or in general with people of a stature. Right. We do. But also sometimes we got to get down and dirty and just talk about some stuff that are they're frankly going to be heavy things. Right. So, um, Again, trigger warning, we're about to talk about Rihanna and the things that unfortunately transpired between them. Mm -hmm. Um, But we're legally judgy, so we do want to break down the legal aspects of what happened with them and kind of why, to the best of our abilities. So as most of the world knows, um, Chris started dating Rihanna in 2007. And then in February 2009, both were set to perform at the Grammys, but they pulled out after it came to light that Chris had assaulted and basically beaten Rihanna the night before, leaving visible injuries to her face and requiring her hospitalization. Uh, Rumors were that they were arguing over infidelity on Chris's end after he had purportedly received some text messages from a former lover. Um, Chris ends up turning himself into the LAPD and was booked initially under the suspicion of making criminal threats. Mm -hmm. And this was all in California, right? So California law is going to dictate all of the rules and the laws, essentially. So suspicion of making criminal threats. Essentially, these are threats of death or serious bodily injury that are intended to and actually do place victims in reasonable and sustained fear for their safety or for their families. And these statements can be made verbally, in writing, or via an electronic communication. So think email or text. And you can be charged whether or not you have the ability or even actually intended to carry out the threat. So here, it just matters that you intended to put the fear in your victims that you would actually carry it out, whether you meant to or not. It doesn't matter. Even if you didn't, you're gonna get booked, essentially. And no, it's unclear what the actual threats were, but it's reasonable for us to guess that he may have threatened to further harm her if she didn't let the situation go, right? With her accusing him of cheating. Yep. Mm -hmm. And or threatening um, that basically if she reports his actions, he's going to kill her. I think that was in one incident's report that I saw that he said, I'll kill you. Yep. Yep. um, Essentially. And as a result of all this, and rightfully so, there was a lot of backlash for him. His music was pulled from radio stations. He withdrew from public um, appearances. Some of his commercials and TV shows were suspended. And he suffered a lot of financial consequences in the form of losing out on contracts and therefore the profits from those contracts. Mm -hmm. Like he had a very lucrative one with Doublemint and he lost out on that. So in March 2009, Chris ends up being charged with felony assault and making criminal threats. 
charges which were determined by the district attorney and the prosecutor. And so assault means an unlawful attempt plus the ability to commit a violent injury on someone else. And so the prosecution will determine whether the assault charge will be classified as a misdemeanor or a felony, things that I'm sure all of our judges have heard of before. And this usually depends on the circumstances of the case. So felonies typically are more serious situations and generally include longer sentences. So in California, the typical penalties are a fine of up to $10,000 and or six months in jail for the felony assault. And the defenses for that charge can be an inability to commit the injury, self-defense, or for the defense of others, lack of intent, false accusations, etc. And so Chris ends up being arraigned in April, and at that point he pleads not guilty to one count of assault and one count of making a criminal threat. But in June, he actually goes back and pleads guilty to one count of assault with the intent of doing great bodily injury and accepted a plea deal of six months of community labor, five months, sorry, five years of probation, which is a period of supervision over an offender basically ordered by the court in lieu of, you know, going to jail and being incarcerated, Mm -hmm. and then one year of domestic violence counseling. And so, no, the plea deal was settled merely hours before Rihanna was set to testify in court about how he bit her and punched her and choked her. And so because of this, he doesn't get any prison time, and he also had no criminal record, which, as most people know, like factors into how the courts view the punishment for the newest thing that you're doing. And so the district attorney said his sentence was consistent with other first-time offenders accused of similar crimes. And I want to take a second here just to say that, to really emphasize that the charges that are brought against somebody are really dependent upon the DA, the district attorney, right? They will look at the facts and they're going to look at the charges and they're going to think, what are the charges I can most likely succeed upon? right? Because for me personally, I thought battery, this is another one, right? He put hands on her because we'll talk about this later, but there's a difference between assault and battery. Assault is an attempt to do harm. Battery means you actually did harm. And I'm sure most of us have unfortunately seen the pictures of Rihanna, which is also not great, by the way, for victims to have pictures of them circulating in the public sphere. Um, but well, that was like a Kobe situation, right? Cause weren't they released? Yes. The crash, the helicopter consent. Correct. Exactly. Yeah. So they really shouldn't be in distribution. Unfortunately they are. And I have seen the pictures. I'm not willingly, but you know, just out in circulation. Mm-hmm. And these are things that if you're a DA, you have to step into their shoes and I, you know, we've never been DAs before, but I would imagine part of the process was what charges are going to succeed because DAs have a lot of work. They have a lot of cases. And unfortunately, our justice system system isn't always just. We've talked about this a lot. So they're going to think in terms of what, how can I expedite? Unfortunately. It's like what we talked about in last week's uh, episode with Anna Delvey, right? Mm-hmm. It's all about making things faster, spending less government resources in terms of time and money, and just like getting things, getting people some sort of justice without like fully taking it to trial and kind of doing that whole charade. Exactly. And of course, we don't know the DA personally. We don't know what went into their thought process, but this is our best guess because we know typically how it goes. So our best guess is they came with these charges because they thought, you know what, for people in similar situations, this is typically how it comes out. So I'm going to go with the typical. Does that mean the typical is just? No, it just means this is typical. All right. Well, so on top of all of, you know, these kind of 
punishments, for lack of a better term, that Chris got handed, the judge also puts a five-year restraining order on him, which required him to stay 50 yards from Rihanna, but only 10 yards if they were at public events. And so if you don't know, a restraining order is an order used by a court to protect a person, business, company, etc. in in situations involving violence, abuse, assault, stalking, and more. And so the order basically requires the adverse party to refrain from certain actions and to comply with certain requirements. And a failure to comply can result in an arrest and prosecution of that offender. And so it's interesting to me that, like, there was a differentiation, right? It was 50 yards generally, but 10 Mm -hmm. yards at public events. Mm -hmm. And my presumption, I think I've, like, read, you know, similar things opining as much, is that they are two global celebrities, right? Like, they are truly, like, the definition of rock stars. Mm -hmm. And because there are things like the Grammys or the BET Awards or... Any red carpet like events big, or something that would bring like the celebrities MTV together. Awards, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's a chance that they're probably going to be in close confines together. Like even though those spaces are large, like all the celebrities sit in the front two rows. And so the judge was probably trying to be somewhat reasonable and saying that like, listen, I understand that you work and you're going to have to do your performances and your concerts and your appearances. And you guys might be within 10 yards of each other at those point, points in time. But outside of those things, like it has to be 50. Correct. Which is not uncommon, right? Not only for celebrities, but other folks who Fair. might work yeah. in similar situations where yeah. they will look at the fact pattern, they look at the circumstances and then they draw conclusions from them based on both people's lives. So yeah, to your point, here, the judge is thinking, okay, for when you guys are just regular people, 50 yards. Mm-hmm. But when you are celebrities who are obligated to come to awards, and I guess not obligated, but of course, it's for the betterment of their careers. Yeah. Yeah. This is just, in quotes, the justice system. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, so Chris later goes on a bit of an apology tour and releases an official apology video on YouTube and then does an interview with Larry King. In both of these, he obviously discusses, like, how sorry he is and how, you know, these things hadn't really happened before. But he also discusses growing up in a home where he saw his mom abused by his stepfather. And it's worth noting that Chris and Rihanna actually got back together briefly in 2013. And at that point, she said that things had changed in their time apart and they didn't have the same types of arguments anymore. But that only lasted, that being the relationship, part two, only lasted a few months. Yeah. And uh, let's not talk about all the people who criticized her for that, because it's frankly none of y'all's business. Um, nope. It's a whole nother, not a whole nother matter. It which is her choice. I guess, legally judgy, we don't typically cover. But if you have questions, you can DM us. Yeah. So 2013 was not a fantastic year for Chris. In January, he gets into an altercation with Frank Ocean over a parking space outside of a recording studio in West Hollywood, where Chris allegedly punched him and threatened to shoot him but Frank declined to press charges in the end. Can I tell you that Frank Ocean is literally one of my favorite artists? And is this he? really, yes, I love Frank Ocean. He is a genius. He is a great artist. He is a musical he, genius. True. He is the voice of a fucking angel. Uh, yeah. Moon he River is like my favorite song in the does world. Have a and so voice. Just, this this really bothered me. This one, okay. So I know. fuck you, Chris. Sorry, I did add this okay, one. Okay, go ahead. I did add this one. Yeah, you did. But. I didn't include it for a reason. Is this why? Because you because hate- I love Frank Ocean. And I feel like it's bullshit. But go ahead. I did. I included it because I needed to show how bad 2013 was, and it was. It was terrible. And we're gonna talk about it, okay, right? Fine. We're talking about it. Go so, ahead. You, okay. So that was January, July. His pro- Chris's probation is temporarily revoked because he faced potential prison time after he gets into a hit and run in Los Angeles. 
The charges were later dropped, but Chris got an additional 1,000 hours of community service added to his probation. And again, people remember, probation is essentially the court saying, we're not going to put you in prison, but that's so long as you abide by certain behavior. And for this period of time, if you mess up, you're going to go to prison, right? So you got to make sure you're on your best behavior. Then in October, just a few months later, in Washington, D.C., there's another situation. So the story is two women were waiting outside of Chris's hotel wanting to get a picture with him. He arrives and he's going to take a picture with him. And at that time, two other men see it and they rush to get into the photo. But Chris gets upset and he says, in quotes, I'm not into this gay shit. I'm into boxing and ends up punching one of the men. Allegedly, this ends up breaking his nose. Chris was arrested and charged with assault, which was later reduced to a misdemeanor, and he spent 36 hours in jail. After his release, he was given 48 hours to report to his California probation officer from the Rihanna assault case, because again, we just talked about, he's still under probation from what occurred with Rihanna, and what occurred, I mean, what he did to Rihanna. And so he faced, at this point, up to four years of prison time if the judge found he had violated his probation he's so problematic so running checklist he doesn't like women Mm. he's a homophobe Mm. what else is there he doesn't like frank ocean well i know it's part of the i think frank ocean's part of the the homo bucket yeah Yeah, no i know but i feel like that was an homage to you loving frank ocean that i put him into his own category you're welcome girl So after this, he voluntarily checks into rehab. This is like the end of October 2013. And after completing 90 days, the judge orders him to stay in rehab until his hearing for that incident in D.C., which is set to occur a few months later in April 2014. And if he doesn't stay in rehab, he's going to go to jail. Well, in March 2014, just a month short of that hearing for the D.C. incident, He's kicked out of rehab and he's sent to jail for violating some internal rules. He ends up being released in June. And it's worth noting during this time, his probation officer noted to the court that it was their opinion that Chris had untreated bipolar disorder and PTSD. And it was later reported that the rehab facility he had been staying at did officially diagnose him with both. So, you know. Obviously, it Which doesn't. Is sad, right? Like, it I'm doesn't kind of act like having, yeah. um, you know, like mental things happening. Mental health issues. Yep. Yeah, like that isn't. That's not something to be like overlooked. That's obviously very serious, and that can impact people in a, in a very serious way. But I'm also not going to make that justify the things that he's done and said. I mean, that's the problem, right? Is that mental health, unfortunately, is often left untreated and has unfortunate consequences, not only on the person that's suffering from Mm -hmm. those issues, but the people around them. Mm -hmm. And so you can not condone the actions, feel sorry for the person that's suffering, but also be like, hey, that doesn't justify all of the harm that you're doing around you. You need to go get treatment. Yeah. So. Well, in a kind of redeeming moment, in 2016, Chris ends up having a standoff with the LAPD after a woman claimed that Chris had threatened her with a gun inside of his house. You start this me with out. redeeming Hear moment. me out. So I, where? I felt a lot of eyes on me. That Hear way. me out. Let me finish the story. I only have two. Okay. 
Okay. Well, it's not just you in the room, but okay. Selfish. Marge is Producer just, Marge is here. She also has two eyes. Marge looks like <laughs> she's just tired of us talking, but go on. Okay. So because of the previous charges against Chris, he's actually prohibited from possessing any firearms. And so even the threat of a gun basically means that like he'd likely face severe consequences if this were actually the case and true. And so after this woman says that he had threatened her, police were called, but he essentially refuses to let them enter without a warrant. Legal primer. So a warrant is an official document signed by a judge which authorizes police officers to search a person, residence, vehicle, or business or another specified area if it's suspected of containing evidence of illegal activity. And so note, a judge signs these because they are viewed as being more neutral and detached from the situation than the police might be. Which is not always the case, but yeah. Fair. Yes, that's not always the case, but generally we would not want police signing warrants since they're the ones executing said warrants. Mm -hmm. Okay. Lesser of evils. All right, go on. And so the judge has to reasonably believe that a misdemeanor or felony has been committed and that evidence of such crime is likely to be found. So again, Chris doesn't let them in because they don't have a warrant. So they come back with one and then get into a standoff where the robbery homicide division and the SWAT team were called. After barricading himself in the house and posting a good deal of the situation on Instagram, Chris is later arrested and released on $250,000 bail. Chris, by the way, says that it wasn't a standoff and he wasn't barricading himself, just for the record, but... Hey. I don't know. The videos that I saw at that time <laughs> seemed to say otherwise. I wasn't there. There so were helicopters yeah. flying overhead. They were asking him to come out. That wasn't feels great. like a barricade kind of situation. It wasn't great. I'm okay. just going to say. I'm just going to say. So after all of this, he, here's the redeeming moment. He okay. later sues the woman who accused him of threatening her for defamation and wins the lawsuit. Ooh. And so defamation. We have talked about this a few times before. I think the best episode for that is probably Cardi B. Yep. This against is one the YouTuber, by the way. Tasha K. We've had a couple Cardi Bs now. Yes. Fair. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're right. You're right. Cute. Sorry, Cardi and Tasha. Look at us in season two. <laughs> okay. So defamation is when someone makes a false statement that injures someone else's reputation. And this can be spoken or written. And so basically the investigation here with Chris proved that she made a false and defamatory statement about Chris. And they had some evidence in, you know, in their discovery that included a text message where she says, in quotes, don't you know this freak Chris Brown is kicking me out of his house because I called his friend's jewelry fake? Can you come get me? My Uber is messing up. If not, I'm going to set him up and call the cops and say that he tried to shoot me. And that will teach him a lesson. I'm going to set his ass up. End quote. Not great. Literally not great. a smoking gun. Pun not intended, but that is what like, oh, that I is the best that. evidence one could possibly have Never to goes. be like, this is not true. And this is really the only way you win on a defamation suit. You need smoking gun evidence to win on defamation. We yeah. talked in the Cardi B episode about how hard it is to win. So if you're curious to l- learn more, go sign up. Go sign up. I'm so used to pitching our Patreon. Go, <laughs> Just listen. go listen to the episode. Just, you don't have to sign up. Yeah. I mean, you should, but go listen to the Cardi B episode. It's great. Yeah. So in 2016, um, he's actually then again arrested after a concert based on a felony battery charge coming from an incident that took place a year before when Chris allegedly punched a man who photographed him without his permission. And battery, we alluded to earlier in the episode, is when someone actually and intentionally strikes a person without their consent, because you got to love the law, make sure it's clear, without their consent and causes bodily harm, disability, or disfigurement. 
And it's similar to assault charge. You know, we talked about that before, but the difference, and and there are some differences, um, namely with battery, you have to actually harm the person. To be found guilty on an assault charge, you don't actually have had to cause harm. You just have to have attempted that harm, right? And here, same thing as with assault, there are misdemeanor and felony charges, which is based on the severity of the case. And that, of course, impacts the sentencing if you're found guilty. So misdemeanor is a lesser charge. Mm-hmm. Felony is a greater charge. Mm-hmm. And he's he ends up getting released after an hour and posted a $2,000 bond. So not very much here. And then 2017, another chaotic year for Chris, some highs and lows. He releases a documentary called Welcome to My Life. And he has other celebrities in it like J-Lo, Rita Ora, Usher, and Tyga. He discusses the situation with Rihanna. Can I say that I'm very mixed about this? When I was, I didn't know about this documentary. Mm. Also, I just sounded very Canadian when I said about. About? Uh, I don't about know where that came from. My family's from Canada, guys. Anyways. Actually, you're, you kind of hug the border. Well, do you ever have Canadian words? Let's we'll have a moment of levity here. Do you ever say anything? Like, is that accent really a thing though? From where, you, like, oh for sure, is my it? grandma has kind of an accent. She says things funny. She says milk, milk instead of milk. I think she says I hello. I say that. Is yeah, that a Canadian thing? I mean, for us, it is. I think I watch too many things and then mimic them because I do. love mimic. Yeah. The problem you say is vague. I. I like vague. I like mimicking people and then the problem and I'm a Libra so I have no identity of my own and then I take other people's identities and so I'm a amalgamation of identities. You're a chameleon. Yeah. So anyways about Sorry. this documentary I have very mixed feelings. I did not really know about it until recently. I did not love that so many other people were in it talking about his life and his successes including mm. J-Lo and Usher. Mm. But the the other side of me is like, well, if Rihanna forgave him, mm-hmm. then like, do mm-hmm. they have a right to hold a, a, a grudge against him? I don't really know. It's very complicated. It's tough, right? It's I think as as public in the public eye, it's easy to judge not just this situation, any situation, mm-hmm. and any person. Yeah. But we're only seeing moments in time for a lot of these people's lives. Not I'm not just talking about Chris Brown here, right? Um. And I think all of us have our own healing process and we're also in the moments of like cancel culture and what that means and like, but really it's about accountability. And at some point, right, you and I have talked about, we don't necessarily believe in the prison system as it exists now. We want to believe that people can be rehabilitated. Obviously that's very tough. And I think that path is different for everybody. So maybe that's part of it. And I'm not going to speak on that because I feel like I have no right to say I have my own personal thoughts, but I don't feel comfortable speaking them out publicly. But to your point, I will say if Rihanna feels like she's forgiven him, then that's just says something. Yeah. Okay. Fine. But I understand. I understand what I should say. I understand the conflicted emotion. Right. Okay. You want people, we all want people to be better. Does it mean they should suffer for the rest of their lives for everything that we do? Probably not. Some things maybe, some things maybe not. Yes, yes. But you it's know what? Scale. We're we're legally judgy, so we don't have to go down that philosophical road. So okay, sorry. Let's, let's continue. You get back to your monologue. Let's continue, my friend. Um. So his then girlfriend. You know, we're back in 2017, and remember, I said it's a bit of a chaotic year. So he has this documentary where basically he pours a bit of his heart and soul into it. Um. Same year, his then-girlfriend, Karuji Tran, got a five-year restraining order against him after she testified that he was physically abusive and threatened her after they broke up. So 
you know, <laughs> I think this is why we're struggling to, to feel sorry for him because there's definitely a pattern yep. and we do know he's struggling with some mental health issues, but again, mm, violence against women, not great. Yep. All right. There's no, there's really no excuse for that. Yeah. Um, so all of this, all of it, this is not even the, the point of this episode, people, nope. just a primer, just a primer, um, brings us to why we're here talking about Chris Brown mm-hmm. because he was recently sued by his housekeepers after a vicious dog attack. Yep. So, so in December, 2020, Chris's housekeeper is Patricia and Maria Avila who happened to be sisters and were reportedly paid about $600 a day were cleaning Chris's house. And so at one point, Maria allegedly entered the backyard to empty the vacuum into the trash can when an, in quotes, very large brown dog came out of nowhere and, in quotes, viciously and brutally mauled, bite, bit, and attacked Maria. Mm-hmm. And so allegedly, Chris's two dogs, Zeus and Hades, were usually kept in separate rooms when Maria and Patricia were there to clean the house. But on this day, one of his dogs named Hades, which is a Caucasian shepherd of Charka, well done. We're oh, probably sure. we're probably gonna get Some, people somebody will tell us what's wrong. Being with like, this. it's not Dashun, it's Daxland, <laughs> and we'd be like, sorry. Well, the Avcharka is a breed that typically weighs between 110 and 120 pounds, and so this dog was reportedly allowed to roam loose and free around the premises, or may have even broken free that day. But again, Patricia and Maria said that they weren't aware of that. And so allegedly this dog, Hades, began bitting her face, arms, and other parts of her body and even tore off large chunks of her skin. And the lawyer claimed that this particular particular breed of dog is actually known to have violent behaviors like this. You just gave me anxiety. Also, you said bitting, but I love you. Um, I just couldn't turn that into a, okay. <laughs> a verb fast I know. Enough. I know we didn't put this in the outline, but it's burned into my memory from reading. Apparently, the dog ripped three to four inches of yeah, flesh. Yeah, I saw that. I didn't include that for your benefit. I'm nauseous. Oh, my By the God. time it said oh tore off God. large chunks of skin, I was like, cool, cool, cool. So I'm going to include vague details in here so she doesn't pass out on me mid-episode. I am. It's getting real hot. I'm going to move on. I'm going to move on. I'm going to move on. We're going to get through this. Terrifying, though. So Maria screamed in terror and cried out for help. And we have to note here that reports have somewhat varied about the responses here. Some say that her Patricia, her sister Patricia heard her sister's cries and immediately rushed over, while others say that no one came to help her for a while. But at any rate, at the time of the dog attack, Chris and his security guards were allegedly home, but inside of the house maybe, and didn't really respond very quickly, which is key when somebody is bleeding profusely out of their face, arms, and legs. But and has their flesh ripped off of yeah, their yep, yeah, yep, body. Yep, yep, yep. Okay, yep. That part. Yep. And so by most reports, it seems like Chris is the one who made the 911 call, but some actually say that he made other calls first, mm. possibly to protect himself, but we'll get back to that. Mm-hmm. And so the emergency personnel reportedly showed up within about 10 minutes of whatever call was made to 911. And in that period of time, Chris's team allegedly takes the dog Hades away to a a location in Northern California and had him euthanized weeks later. And it's worth noting that the housekeeper's complaint says this was in order to destroy evidence. And so Maria is later taken to the hospital by paramedics to undergo two surgeries and had 80 stitches. And so police go to the house while she's being treated, but allegedly Chris was being evasive and misleading and reportedly told the cops that he didn't know what happened or who took the dogs. 
And so according to police records from the county where the dog was euthanized, the action was taken because the dog was, in quotes, aggressive and unsuitable for adoption after being surrendered. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then in April 2021, Patricia, so Maria's sister, the one who did not get attacked, actually files a lawsuit first. Patricia brought several claims, but the one we want to focus on here is her emotional distress claim. She says she is, in quotes, reluctant to leave her home and cannot stop reliving the pain that she experienced as she watched her sister suffer through that horrendous attack that day, end quote, and that the attack has caused her, in quotes, severe emotional distress, including PTSD, insomnia, weight loss, severe anxiety, depression, fear, extreme sadness for her sister, and panic attacks, end quote. So emotional distress. This is something we have talked about before, but again, we got to always break it down in our episodes. Generally, there are two types, intentional and negligent infliction of emotional distress. Intentional occurs when the defendant's outrageous, in quotes, conduct causes the victim to suffer emotional distress and the defendant's actions were intentional or made with reckless disregard for the effect it had have on the victim. So again, defendant is the person that's being sued. So here would have been Chris. Negligent occurs when the defendant's negligent actions cause emotional distress to the victim. Negligence is the failure to exercise the same level of care as a reasonable person would in similar circumstances. And emotional distress claims, really remember this folks, really depend on the jurisdiction. Most claims actually require you to have suffered physical harm as a result of the incident. But in California, where this case was filed, you actually don't need to show any physical harm. Under California law, emotional distress claims can be brought by bystanders who witnessed an injury to a close relative. And here we have a lot of legal buzzwords. I know it sounds kind of like layman's terms, but these are actually like legal terms. So let's break it down. Close relative, in quotes, is a spouse, a domestic partner, a relative who lives in the same household, parents, siblings, children, or grandparents. And note, in California, courts have not allowed recovery for couples living together who aren't married or have a domestic partnership. So basically here, we're talking about cohabitants who have a romantic relationship. You have to have some legal bond. And then again, going back to this claim, to witness the attack, it has to be a relative who was in the zone of danger. We kind of call it in negligence terms. So this means that the injury occurred and you were aware of the victim being injured when that injury occurred, right? You can't have been, I don't know, several miles away uh, while the person was being mauled in this case, right? So here it's clear Patricia meets the close relative requirement because they're sisters. She's just going to have to prove that Chris was either negligent in letting, you know, Hades, his dog, roam free, or that he intentionally or recklessly let him loose. Like, he was like, oh, you know what? This would be fun. Let's watch what happens when I let my big aggressive dog out, and he lets him go, right? And she would also have to prove that she witnessed the, the attack on her sister. Like Nicole said, there were some conflicting reports about who responded to Maria while she was 
being attacked by the dog, right? In mm-hmm. some instances, she said there was reports that Patricia heard the screams and came running and saw her being attacked. There were other instances where, you know, Maria allegedly was screaming out for a while mm-hmm. and no one heard. Mm-hmm. So these are all things that we're going to have to find out in court. And ultimately, this is a negligence case in a lot of ways. And we've talked about how negligence is so fact specific, which means discovery. It means going to court. It means the jury figuring out what's what. I would imagine for somebody of Chris Brown's stature and his wealth, he probably has cameras on his property. So I would assume that there's going to be some kind of evidence that could come out that basically validates that she saw it. Um, Good point. You know, that like she was in the proximity where she saw it, heard it, et cetera, enough that it created a like an emotional distressing situation for her that's still ongoing. Because that's essentially what right. she's claiming is that she still can't go to work and leave the house because she's so basically triggered, for lack of better terms, by Mm -hmm. what happened to her sister. And that's understandable. I mean, if I was witnessing my sister get mauled by like a 120-pound dog, and I'm, oh my God, watching the skin leave her body. You also really don't like blood, so. Well, first of all, I'd be useless. I'd probably pass out. Not to make light of this, but I am so queasy when it comes to this kind of stuff. Yeah, it's terrifying. Another thing I thought of, too, is if and when he placed that, you know, that 911 call, if you could hear her sister in the background screaming, or saying mm, something or trying yeah. to attend her, yeah, yeah, yeah. that would be also enough it evidence help, to prove right? you were there. Yeah. Right? Well, I think every, I think that I think it's indisputable that she was there. I think mm-hmm. it's where she was in proximity to what happened. Mm-hmm. Hopefully by the time you made the call, they got the dog off. I mean Dear I didn't even think about that. That's horrible. That's what I'm saying. I mean it would be terrible. Oh, I, right, thought, I the, assume the dog was like far gone by then. Hopefully, I mean, geez. Okay, imagine. okay, okay. That would no, not be great. No, That's not okay. Don't feel great. Damages. I'm almost done with this part so damages patricia is again the sister is reportedly seeking a million dollars for emotional distress a thousand dollars for medical expenses and twenty four thousand dollars for loss of earnings because she couldn't work while she was healing from presumably her emotional injuries and remember in california you can recover from this for this type of stuff right so loss of earnings if she had to take time off to attend to maria to right that's real her being in the hospital if she was just traumatized right all her claims anxiety depression she can't get out of her bed or she's just basically glued to maria's bedside yeah these are all things you could presumably recover for yep so that's what she's asking for okay so by and large patricia sues right patricia's a sister who is not hurt she sues in april 2021 so now fast forward a little bit in july 2021 maria and her husband file their own lawsuits And so Maria also brought several claims, but we want to focus in on her negligence-based claims. And so one of them is premises liability. And basically this means there's an injury caused by unsafe, defective conditions on somebody's property. And so this is a form of negligence, but but there's like a duty of care essentially that stems from conditions on the premises. And so there's a responsibility of property owners to maintain a reasonably safe environment to prevent visitors to the property from becoming injured. And I'm sure so many of our judges have heard about this with like high schoolers going to a house party and getting drunk and somebody gets hurt. And generally there's like this obligation that property owners keep their properties in a certain condition. And so here Maria is claiming that Chris was negligent in letting Hades roam free and that he failed to give adequate warning of the dangerous conditions on his property. And so relatedly, her lawyer also points to the fact that this breed of dog has a history of violence, like we noted before, and aggression towards people. And so when it comes to dog bites, California is a strict liability state. 
And this means that the owner of a dog is liable for damages if the damages were caused by a dog bite. And so the person bitten, the person who was bitten was basically in a public place or lawfully in a private place, including the owner's property when the bite actually occurred. And so note, this does not apply when injuries are a result of the dog doing police or military work because the police I are think, always yeah, exempt. I think, well, okay. Yeah, I'm just kidding. That's not what I was going to say. I was just going to say, I feel like, you know, Sorry. there's probably like an under underlying, you know, understanding that when police are doing, and police and military doing their work, if a dog bites somebody, they can't maybe control the dog because the dog thinks there's drugs. I don't really know. I'm not going to get too far into that. Okay. But long story short, in California, the injury must be caused by the bite and not other behavior of the dog, like scratching or jumping on a person. And so in this instance, you could file for negligence, like if the owner failed to use reasonable, reasonable care and like, you know, uh, restraining what, the dog. Yeah, I was going to say, if you let your dog on a leash, hand, yeah, et cetera, yep. then like you could, you could bring a, a claim for negligence, but it would not be the same um, as a dog bite uh, as like a strict liability kind of dog bite situation Mm -hmm. okay so again this is strict liability because the owner can't claim that they didn't know the dog would act aggressively or that it's the dog's first time biting somebody and this is actually important to note and it matters because in some states there's a one bite rule which means that an owner isn't liable for a dog bite unless the dog did it before Mm mm-hmm you have dogs. Tell me how you feel. Well, I also <laughs> have – my dogs are like two pounds. I don't know. Your dogs are babies. No, they I are think – They're tiny little nuggets. I think, you know, the one thing I do want to point out here is that there the, – the facts, in quotes, that were reported in these claims by the sisters is that Chris took his dog away pretty immediately before 911 personnel could even respond. Allegedly. Right? According to their, in quotes, facts – and we've talked about this. This just means – the, their rendering of the their, story. Their rendition of yep. the facts. So they're yep. saying by the time personnel showed up, and I think this was corroborated by public record, that 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 the dog was not present when 911 emergency personnel showed up. Mm-hmm. And Chris was acting somewhat evasive in the sense that they had to do their own tracking of the dog's microchip, which traced it to the pound Northern that ended California. up euthanizing him. Yep. yep. And then it got traced back to Chris and that's how it ultimately came out but the reason why I say this is because putting the dog down doesn't then mean that he's absolved of liability Mm -hmm. because the liability is going to be in the form of monetary compensation or and or punitive damages aka punishment right and we're going to teach you a lesson so the dog being dead or alive unfortunately I know that's a bit crass but it doesn't affect the liability because if it turns out this dog is the one that bit him and it's your dog, you are liable for Mm -hmm. the damages. So that's the one thing that I just thought you really just acted so quickly. I like snapped my fingers because it was just, it's a weird thing. Like I can't imagine just putting my dog down so instantly like that. It's just a weird reaction. I have to say. It's a little irrational. Like it doesn't protect him from anything. And to your point in California, owners are actually responsible for all damages resulting from dog bites like this. And so basically the only defense he would have had is if somebody was trespassing, basically meaning that they were illegally or unlawfully there on the property, which we know was not the case because they had been hired to clean. Mm -hmm. But there is a statute of limitations, which is two years in California. And again, as a reminder, a statute of limitations is just a law that says you have to file this claim within 
a certain period of time from the event happening. Mm-hmm. And so here it would have been two years, you know, post dog bite, but obviously, you know, they pretty quickly filed these lawsuits. And so, you know, typically these claims are brought civilly, but they can also result in criminal charges sometimes. And it's worth noting that homeowners insurance typically kicks in to cover dog bite liability. So Chris will likely be covered up to his homeowner's policy limit. And if and when those limits are reached, he would then be personally on the hook for like anything in excess of what his policy will pay for. Mm -hmm. And so note, homeowner's insurance doesn't cover any punitive damages that are awarded. And so as we've talked about, punitive damages are basically when the court says, you've paid out these things that you're responsible for. Now we're going to add this extra amount on top to punish you for your behavior. And so if Chris gets a punitive damage of, $500,000 from the court, his homeowner's insurance would not cover that. And so insurance companies really like to settle, you know, these types of cases for below the policy limits. Obviously, if we had to guess, because they're cheap as fuck and they like to keep all of our monies, (laughs) as we all know, for car insurances and things. People generally don't like to spend their money if they don't have to. I mean, I feel like I pay a lot of money to my insurance company. They should pay more. Yeah. But anyways, they'll probably settle out the case here just to like avoid, you know, the expenses of lawyers and court and all of that. And so the average settlement back in 2012 was 32000 which sounds like a lot, but it's worth noting this probably has to cover like medical bills, lost wages, et cetera. So yeah. maybe not a lot, depending Obviously, on how you know, long you're out of work. 10 years ago, so account for inflation, but that's the latest stat we could find. <laughs> a lot of people. inflation. <laughs> look. Since 2012. Look, we're, a lot of inflation <laughs> since last October. <laughs> Look, this is not our full-time job. No, we're doing the best we can. We're not we insurance can. attorneys. I got a fun fact for you. No, Dog- please, anything fun. Well, <laughs> this is a slightly fun fact, a twisted fun fact, if you will. Dog bite cases account for a third of all claims made on homeowners insurance policies. A third. That sounds right. It makes sense when you think about how many people own dogs. My mom got bit by a dog last year. Did she? Yeah, did she did. Did she bring a lawsuit? I told her it wasn't worth it. I was like, just get the money and go, girl. Get the money? So they offered money? They offered money. Oh, a settlement. <laughs> yeah, I guess. One, yes, it one was a call settlement. All right, then. There you go. So she didn't contribute to this, but good for you. You got. She could have. You got some monies. Yeah. It was. A, never mind. I don't want to know the details. The dog barely broke skin. I was like, girl, just take the little coins and go. I'm going to wish Teddy like bit me, but he, he won't. That's it's your a, dog. Yeah, I know. So that's not that helpful. No, my wife and I do have joint bank account. That won't help me. Um, I'll find a new way of shaking New York doors. Um. <laughs> So Maria's husband, we got to talk about him too, because he brought a lawsuit as well. And he sues for loss of the ability to have the love and companionship of his wife. This used to be like one of my favorite claims back in law school. Oh, it still is, girl. It still is. It's so antiquated and I love it. I would sue for that if something happened to my husband. Yeah, okay. I'm also a money-hungry biatch, but <laughs> I would just, sue for this. It's okay. I it's, also really love him, though. So, look, if I if he couldn't hang out with me, that would make me sad. All right, let's call this hanging out. <laughs> um, we all know what this really is because the laws were made by men who, to be honest, want to have sex. And we so, need to put the P and the V. Yes, it's true yeah. uh, under heteronormativity standards, but it's true. That's that's where this law came from. It's also called the loss of consortium. And when I learned about it in law school, I was lord um so legally this means a deprivation of the benefits of a relationship including affection and sexual relationships due to the injuries caused by someone else and i feel like the law puts in affection to make it seem sweet but in all the cases i can recall 
Okay, so we know who's suing for loss of consortium. Watch out, husband, because if you lose the ability, she's suing him. She's recovering on behalf of you. He also likes money. But this is what it's really about. Basically, my partner got effed up physically and can't have sex with me. Mm -hmm. And under antiquated marital laws, that was supposed to be a big part of your duty as a married person. And so if there was anything to inhibit your ability to have sex as a wife, let's be real, they make it seem like it's a husband too. But how many wives would be like, uh, not fair. I need $5 million because I need that pee. <laughs> like, you know, I feel like a little less than the other way around. That's all I'm going to say. I mean, I really shouldn't speak on it. I am a lesbian, but <laughs> that's just from all the straight friends that are girls. All I'm saying is I would too. That women that have sex with men. Um, that's, that's my, um, my take. So anyways, hubby's in there too. Um, trying to sue just like Nicole would. And the damages here, they're looking at quite a hefty amount. And this is the best we could find because I couldn't, we could not pull these court records. So this is based on the latest and greatest reporting um, on the World Wide Web. So they're seeking $20 million in pain and suffering, another $20 million for Maria's emotional distress, $10 million for the loss of consortium, a.k.a. you can't have no sex, sex. <laughs> yeah. for the chastity belt. No, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Maria, that you had so much. Yeah, why are you so many injuries? injuries. Um, and then it also lists 24000 in metal medical expenses but notes that this figure is likely going to jump to 400,000 and then another $100,000 in loss of earnings but they believe that this will total $550,000 and then last but not least people 20 million dollars in punitive damages aka punishment aka you done fucked up aa ron which is one of my favorite skits from uh Keenan and Peel uh and now you owe me $20 million. Okay, wait. Can we just go back? I wish I was good at quick math. They were making $600 a day? at Yeah, for Chris Brown specifically. So presumably, I'm glad that you said this. Do you have the calculator on your computer? I'm trying there? to do it right now. Okay, so 300. Let's do six. So what? You 600 times 365. I'm sure they weren't working oh, every working day. Every single day. We're giving I, them the benefit just, of the I'm, doubt. I'm giving them the benefit right. of the doubt. All right. That's right. 219000 And is that divided by two? Because $600 a day, I wonder if it was each or together. Well, let's just, let's, let's, each. let's say each. They're ballers. Let's, they're killing it. They're crushing it. Right. You know, all I'm saying is that is not 500 anything thousand dollars. Good point, because we've talked about this, too. Damages in and of itself is like its own trial. And you have to do all the math and you have yep. to be like, for this amount of years, this is how much I would have earned. But because of my injuries, I can't make that much money. And by the time my injuries heal and I can get back into the workforce, that's the amount. Right. So that's the calculation you just. So what was it? It was uh, what two hundred nineteen thousand dollars for one year if they worked every single day, every of the single year. day for a year, mind you. This happened in December twenty twenty. Okay, so it hasn't even been eighteen months. So she wants a hundred thousand dollars from that point up till now, and then she's expecting that to jump to a total of five hundred. That's all I'm saying. So she's saying her dog. <laughs> she might lady, be dragging the loss of the earnings. skin. Got ripped. I'm not talking. I'm not talking about the medical expenses. I'm not talking about the emotional of, distress. Know, I'm talking about the loss of earnings. You're I probably know. overstating. Yeah. What you're missing out on. I just wonder. I can't imagine anybody was paying her more than Chris Brown. When do you get back to mopping the floors and vacuuming and dusting is what I, that's what she does though. I'm, I'm not joking. Right. Because if you were a computer, right. If you worked at the computer versus it's a physical job, you're moving around. Yeah. Right. It's times know. what? Times I don't know, friend. We got it. 
but this is the this is the fact finding that this people is what the do. Court does. This is what the jury does. This, this is, is how they talk does. about yep. it, right? But it, we're not even being facetious here. This is what jurors are going to talk about. Yeah. Well, how long would it take? And what is the nature of her job? And what kind of things would she have to do? And yeah. if she has to reach? And depending on the skin grafts and all of that, like that's that's the type of fact finding we're going to have to skin do. Skin grafts. Neither do I. Thank God. Okay. Well, you're the one that has this like weird fascination by medical shots. Stuff. I like shots. I don't want to talk about it. Where things stand now. Okay. Tell us. So as of now, Patricia has asked the court for default judgment because Chris hasn't attended his court days, even though they've served him notice of the lawsuit. And so as a reminder, default judgment is a binding judgment in favor of one party or another based on some failure to take action by the other party. So essentially a default judgment here would be one in favor of Maria, Patricia, her husband, etc. because Chris has failed to show up. There's really no further update on Maria's hus- lawsuit, her husband's lawsuit, anything. It's been quite quiet. Yeah, I think the latest was the damages because because yeah. inici- in their initial reportings for both for all three of them actually there was no initial statement of damages. It was you know whatever the courts come up with, and mm-hmm. then months later they filed the statement of damages. So that's the latest, people. Um, all right, my friend, what is your unsolicited advice? get help when you need it and early on i don't know this is a tough one there's, there's a so lot. much happening there's a lot to i don't know i don't even know it looks like producer marge has advice producer marge has advice what do you have to say producer marge train your dog train your dog yeah that's what she's saying <laughs> you, could, you could speak producer marge we can hear your voice it's okay <laughs> she's like it's not my podcast i'm not nicole or alexa because she's smoking right now she's on her yeah. smoke break producer marge and her smokes um it's tough there's just so many things that he's done i think if I were, I am terrified of dogs. Terrified. You literally have two. Yeah, but they're tiny. If they were any bigger, terrified. Well, we're going to get a big dog one day. By we, I mean me and my husband. <laughs> by you your, you and your husband and me, clearly, is what you mean by we. You're not going to come um, over and hang out with us, no, I'm saying we, we, as in the three of us, on the four of us, throwing my wife. We're one happy family. I'm going to have to grow up with the puppy like your baby. It's going to be me, your baby, your newborn, okay. and, and the puppy <laughs> okay. is, is the problem. I got chased by a small dog once as a child, but to me, that dog might have it might as well have been 500 pounds. See, I had a Rottweiler growing up. Oh my god, terrifying! Oh. I mean, I want one. Had the best. She was so sweet. She used to let us ride her back. But did you grow up with it, right? Oh, uh, we got her. Or when did I you was... get it when it was already six thousand pounds? No, fuck no. She, we got her as a puppy. So See, I was, I was three. Okay. See, I can deal she with it if dog. it's small and then so it grows cute. big. Fine. But if it comes in at six thousand tons, it's a little much for you. No way. All right. What's your advice? My unsolicited advice. My advice is walk around with slabs of raw steak and throw it around so that if a dog wants to attack you, you just have decoys. Have decoys. That is one way to handle Um, this. Is that making light of the situation? I'm not trying to make too much of light of the situation. Um, It's hard. It's hard. Okay, let's let's end like this. Let's just be very candid. There's obviously been a lot that's happened with Chris. Um, a lot of problematic behaviors. I think, I think my best advice We is, hope that he gets the help that he needs. Yeah, I was going to say, I really truly hope that, uh, we just do better in, in, um, making sure people feel not only supported, the people that are suffering, um, from the mental health issues, but the people around them, because there's a huge impact on the people around mm-hmm. them. 
and um, more accountability in that respect. But to end it on a very light note, mm-hmm. Rihanna has moved the fuck on and is living her best life. The bitch is the baddest pregnant woman that I know. She's real cute. Okay, I'm not up lie. there with Beyonce because you know you, you can't disrespect the queen. Yeah, but, but she's second. Rihanna second looks great. She's second in line. She's Air happy. To the I know she did found the, her little Harlem man. Did she's she, prego. <laughs> she's going to Dior Fashion Week. Like, did you see the comment by the reporter? It's like trending, so I'm sure you saw it. But they like were like, "You're late," and she was like, "No, no shit." shit. <laughs> that is the energy that I want all that's 2022. You. That's so you. Thank you. Rihanna. I feel like that's who you would like to be in like every facet of your life, and I feel like for the I most part know. you are, but maybe not. Corporate I think life. that I would never say it out loud. Would you really? I probably never would. You have too much, like, you're, like, appearance. I mean, you know that I lose sleep over the things that I say. You're more Beyonce. But Beyonce would would never. stress me out. Like, Beyonce is always, like, camera ready. Well, Jay-Z is also, like, don't speak to my wife unless you're ready for the fire that might come out. Fair enough. Fair (laughs) enough. All right. With that Q&A segment, um, we got asked a question. And we've answered this before, but you know what? I have no problem going down memory lane. Yeah. So we were asked by actually a bestie on our Patreon. Shout out to our besties. Um, how did you guys meet and become besties? Maybe the difference here, though, is like, how do we, when was the moment we became besties? Because we met through work, our corporate W-2 lives, when I was desperate to have another person join my my team um, because I was very busy. And uh, the team, I didn't interview Nicole, but they were like, hey, can you talk to this person we'd like to hire her and sell her on the position and i she called me at a very inconvenient moment when i was getting she ready was preparing for, my, for vacation <laughs> i was packing my hawaiian shirts <laughs> where were you guys going west hollywood have you told me this before west oh that's right it was a staycation yeah, 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 yeah. it was my wife's 30th birthday um which was a surprise oh, rude. i feel rude that i wasn't there for that it I, feels like it would only be right for me to celebrate your wife's 30th the birthday. The first time I ever talked to you was, let's the do day, a redo. was the day before we celebrated. But yeah, sure. I want to do a redo. All right, let's do it. Okay. Why not? Uh, so I was like packing my Hawaiian, my Hawaiian shirts, my sunblock. And, you know, she over here was like, how do you like your company? Well, oh my God, and I was asshole. like, yeah, it's fucking fine. Just join. <laughs> <laughs> I need help. I'm overloaded. Uh, it's Daisy's. When did we actually become besties? Okay, so one of my earliest yeah. memories, coworker to friendship. One of my earliest memories was we were in this meeting. We were probably being degenerates now that I think about it. It was a large group meeting. <laughs> so unlike me. And she was planning her wife's still thirtieth birthday. But this is when you guys were going to Thailand. Yeah, there's two. It's a, there's a whole story, but yeah, go on. Unsurprisingly. So you were like, I want to plan something cool for the room. Like, what do you think about these designs? And I was like, that's trash. That's trash. I like that one. That's funny that you think of that. That's, that's the earliest thing that I remember. And you felt like that was from coworker to friendship level right there? I told you some of your ideas were trash. And I was like, well, we'll see how she feels about me after this. But it, and you seemed to take it quite well. Yeah, they weren't. none of them were my ideas. Well, I didn't know that. You didn't tell me that somebody else sourced them. All I said is that's trash, that's trash, and I like that one. There were literally three options, and they were, because, yes, you're right. We were going to Thailand for my wife's 30th, but she was celebrating with other people who had their birthdays at a different period of time. So that's why I had her birthday, by the way, earlier. Oh, delayed. Okay, got it. Yes. Okay, 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 okay. Because you guys so, went in August? August? Correct. September my wife's, or something like that? Yes, my wife's birthday is in June, and then the big trip was in. Well, the best... The patrons or everybody its actually not patron only. Sorry. The judges don't know that. So my wife's birthday is in June. The big trip was in August. I didn't want to make her wait for her 30th till August. So I threw her her own birthday 
party in June. And then we knew that Thailand was happening in August. And so I wanted something to be there when we arrived, like balloons or flowers or something, yeah, right? Yeah. In the in the room at the Airbnb. So I was like, what can you do? And so they sent me all these things. And I was like, ugh, decoration is not my thing. As you know <laughs> As now, I, know. <laughs> I was like, aesthetic, I don't care. If I don't really care about it, like I do care. I want it to look pretty. You either really care or you don't care. There's not a lot of in between for you. My wife will attest to that. So I was like, hmm, who's a girl like my wife who would have an opinion? And I was like, Nicole, she has fashion sense. She's a girl. Let me go ask her. That was my thought process. Okay. And I was like, she'll tell me the truth. And I was like, here, which one? And you picked and I literally went with that one. I didn't even think. I was like, cool, done. <laughs> done. Just hire out the tasks in your life. Right. Turns out you and my wife are pretty similar. You I and know. I are similar. We're like, the three of us have a lot of similarities in yeah. our own ways. Yeah. But yeah. That's cute. I like that. What What was like the pinnacle moment for you? Okay. You hate this, but I, I find it endearing. Because initially I was like, ooh, this girl's a little too feisty for me um, because we're fighting over the, uh, do you remember Anna at our company, we were fighting over the seating chart? So it's so juvenile. <laughs> oh my God, I don't even remember us fighting. Not you and I, but the, the, group, the group as a whole. Yes, yes were, I remember that. And I remember being, and now we know each other. I, be, I was like, this is so stupid. But at some point you, you spoke up and I was like, this girl's been here for two seconds. Why is she even speaking? Because the way I think is like, you know, I don't say shit, oh, that's right? fucked up. But not in a, like, I wasn't. Corporate life has really changed you, huh? Only the, only like the elders get to speak? Correct. But I've always been this way. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I remember I was like, damn, she's coming off with some strong opinions for somebody who's been here for like two seconds. Um, I was like, I don't know about this, but it wasn't that serious. And I was like, all right, let's see. And then the next time, you were, you um, messaged me on our intercompany messaging and you were like, do you want to go to lunch? I was like, oh, that's cute. I was I like, all right. I really didn't ask that. I can't wait to pull up the records. You totally did. I never said I that. I hate that you contest this. I would never say, do you, you want to go to lunch? You, no, you'd be like, "What's what are your lunch plans? Okay. Sorry. At least I, I probably said, what are you having for lunch? What are your lunch plans? Okay. Because it's me, not the same as do you want to go there to was lunch. Me Don't another, make me sound like a thirsty ass bitch. There was me and another coworker who tended to hang out a lot. And then you joined our little, little Jay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Who hung out a lot. I also hung out with him a lot. Okay. Make it seem it's both are Mexican. It's the same thing. <laughs> okay. Fine. And then, and so it was always him and I, and then slowly but surely you got inducted to our little hangouts because he and I were often this is the real connect okay let's be real it was him and i talking about how do we make more of life than just corporate life yeah. and then slowly but surely you were like oh i think i want more to life than corporate <laughs> life too and then we're like join the club okay. and that's how we became best friends all right and here we are now here we've are. taken trips together trips uh, we have friendship bracelets we do not have friendship we have bracelets, matching tattoos <laughs> you would never get a tattoo we have the same spouses in no. different forms. Okay, fine. Um, all right. Well, we hope you enjoyed that Q&A, <laughs> peoples. Um, now time for our exclusive content for patrons only. A good little icebreaker if you want to get to know more about us. If you don't, then I guess you're not tempted at all. And so... Um, and you don't like being cool and exclusive. Okay. I wasn't going to go there, but I was going to say... Then Wait, he, what does Chris Brown say? How you hating from outside the club? Okay. I don't know. If, okay. Yeah, sure. Let's let's market that. Um, Producer Brown, Marge nodged. Chris Brown tactic notched. Notched. <laughs> I'm so tired. Nodded. How do you say that? Nodded. 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 Yep. Okay. Yeah. Anyways. Oh my. So on to the patron content. <laughs> All right, people. Well, if you want to get to know 
what our talents would be in a pageant, what our favorite meals would be to cook, or what fictional world we'd like to live in. These are the types of things we discuss, and I really hope that intrigues you and not scares you away. But go sign up for a patron to hear more about that. And then after you do that, go tell everybody you know about us. And then also, please go leave an Apple rating. Hey, it's Lent. Go Apple, tell all your church members. Apple podcast. Um, ch- yeah, church. Speaking of righteous gemstones, a <laughs> uh, little a little TBT to our patron only section. Um, but yeah, go tell everybody. Go to Apple podcast. Leave us a five star rating. Write us a review. We could really use it. Um, it would really, really help us. So if you want to support us, those things really do matter to us. We really appreciate it. And as always, thanks for tuning in today's episode of Legally Judgy. We hope you enjoyed listening to us talk as much as we love the sound of our own voices. If you did, please subscribe, rate, and leave us a review. Also join us on our Patreon for more judgy shits and giggles. Until next time. Bye.